Hi there, and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex for BTN.com, and I'm excited because we've got a really cool guest on today's show. But um, first, I look back at the last eight episodes of this podcast, and I noticed that they were all primarily football-related, uh, whether those were part of our football focus series with national analysts or just an episode with a guest who covers college football exclusively like Heather Dinich. We, we've pretty much exclusively covered football for the last couple months on this podcast, and it, and it makes sense because we're in the heat of football season, and just like our linear TV network, a good chunk of our programming is going to be taken up by uh, football guests and football coverage. But if you listen carefully, you know, in the distance, and if it's not the footsteps of FBI investigators, it, you can hear the bouncing of balls and the squeaking of sneakers because college basketball is sneaking up on us, and it's, it's coming up fast. And with Big Ten Basketball Media Days next week, our episode lineup will diversify soon and we'll mix it up with some more hoops to talk and hopefully bring you some good stuff from media days in New York City and Madison Square Garden. But in the meantime, we do have another football guest for this episode. It's the guest I said at the top of the show that I'm excited about and it's a guy who I grew up watching along with many Big Ten football fans, whether you loved him as a Michigan fan or hated him as a rival. It's former Wolverines wide receiver and all-time Big Ten football great. And he's actually currently a BTN analyst for us right now. It's Braylon Edwards. So we'll get right to that discussion with Braylon in a moment. But first, just want to give you a couple of reminders. Uh, Please subscribe to the Take 10 podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. And please rate and leave a review for the show if you enjoy it. And once again, uh, you can take 10% off your order at the btn.com store with the coupon code TAKE10. That's T-A-K-E-1-0. We can find the best Big Ten apparel at that online store. Uh, with this being Braylon Edwards' episode, I assume many listening to this are Michigan fans because of Braylon. And just want to let you know that the store on BTN.com has plenty of Wolverines gear, including the best Jordan brand gear as well. So get your Jumpman on. Check it out. Use the Take 10 coupon code T-A-K-E-1-0. And now we'll get right to that interview. It's former Michigan and NFL wide receiver and current BTN analyst, Braylon Edwards. All right, so I'm very pleased to be joined here by a former Big Ten MVP at Michigan, the uh, Blitnikoff winner in 2004, NFL Pro Bowler in 07, and now Big Ten Network analyst. It's Braylon Edwards. Braylon, what's up, man? Yo, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank, thanks for coming on. Uh, Great to have you, obviously. Uh, I'm sure most people listening know all about your your accolades, especially at Michigan. You know, lengthy NFL career, uh, retired in 2013. So just yeah. real quick synopsis. Tell us what you've been up to since uh, retiring from pro football. I feel like I retired a little too soon. I had some knee injury issues, uh, so didn't want to. I want to be out here, you know, limping bad. And when you got older, I wanted to be able to play with my kids, so I chose to retire. Trying to find the next lane, you know, and sometimes you think you can do something forever. And then it's gone, so now you're like, okay, what's next? And uh, just naturally always been good at speaking. Went to Michigan. I got my degree actually recently. But um, I just like speaking. I like talking the game. And I think once you retire, you can speak from a non-biased and non-vanilla point of view. So often when you play as a player, you got to give just the vanilla answer. Sure. You can't give the locker room post-up conversation. So, you know, it's just vanilla. It's base stuff. But now I actually can be in depth. Now I can talk about something as I see it. I can talk about a bad round or a bad play and, you know, not have to worry about coach getting on me. So. 
said you're a talker. Were you a talker on the field, trash talker? It depends. You know, like some some guys you play, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be a game like that. Like if you look at a, uh, a Odell Beckham and a Josh Norman, mm-hmm. you know they're going to talk when they play each other or Josh Norman versus anybody. You know when you play against guys like that, you match their intensity. But sometimes you just stay quiet. It it pisses guys off when you don't say anything and they're talkers and you just go out there and do it. So it just depends on who we played and what I think they needed. All right, so we'll get into more of your playing days here in a little bit, but but I want to get into how you ended up here with us at BTN. You said uh, you wanted to get into broadcast uh, TV a little bit. Mm-hmm. So just get into after pro football, what led you to, um, you know, I guess training to be in broadcasting and then eventually – here at us, here with us at Big Ten Network. Well, in 13, when I stopped, I started doing a couple of hits here and there for ESPN, be a sports nation. I was on the desk with Skip and Stephen A. Smith on first take a couple of times and did some local stuff from radio and just started hitting it there. And from there, I learned that just like anything else in life, if you want to be good at it, you got to practice, you got to get the reps. Right. So I tried to do as much as I could. Fast forward to 2016, I took a chance and did the NFL broadcast boot camp which basically is a crash course in journalism, everything. So color, radio, live interviews, hits from uh, satellite, things of that nature. And I learned that it's a lot that goes into it. Got a chance to meet Quentin Carter here at uh, Big Ten Network. He gave me some pointers. I worked on those pointers. He invited me to do Big Ten tailgate last year. Michigan played Maryland and Ann Arbor. It went pretty good, and then he called me in January and asked me that I want to you know, work for the network, and I said, uh, of course. Yeah, so you were a guest on the Big Ten Tailgate show last fall, and yeah. from, from what I understand, you kind of you know, blew people away with that, and then it, it led to the, uh, the opportunity here. So um, you know, when, when, when they reached out to you, was it automatic, you know, like absolutely something you wanted to do, or, or did you have other opportunities in the, in the fold, or, or was it just like right away, yep, I want to come to BTN? I had other things that were that were on the line or that may have been, but this was something that was thrown at me and was a definite, and it was standard, and it was something that I knew. You know, I sure. played in the Big Ten, I grew up in the Big Ten. I know this, I know this, uh, this, this, <laughs> I know this conference. I know these coaches. I know these players. You know, and it's something that's good. Like I want to be on TV. Like I want to get good with this. I want this to be a job. So, you know, when something comes at your way that you want, you just jump at it. So I was excited. I was eager. I jumped at it, and you know, here we are. We added a couple uh, other former fo- Big Ten football players, James Laurinaitis, Corey mm-hmm. Wooten. So we'll talk about your relationship with those guys and how you've kind of messed with them in a little bit. But you mentioned you were on first take. I want to I want to ask you about that. What's the process like of being on first take, especially with two personalities like like Stephen A. and <laughs> uh, and Skip? And could you could you get a word in with them? Yeah, you know, I actually I had a pretty good segment. Like when I was on there, I think the big thing is it's you meet in the morning, you do the production meeting around seven a.m. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. usually calls in. He usually does it for a phone, kind of like, kind of like Rick. Right. Uh, you know, and basically it's funny. Like, they're really good friends, and what they do is Stephen A. Uh, not Stephen A. Skip allows Stephen A. to be on whatever side he wants to be on, mm. and Skip just takes the other side. So there are a lot of times where Skip doesn't even necessarily agree with what he's saying. Or believe it. But to make it, exactly, or right. believe it. But to make fun TV or to make good back and forth, he'll take the other side a lot of times. And, you know, you go in there, you talk about, they throw out literally 40 topics. And of those 40 topics, you talk about what you're comfortable with. Hey, I like this topic talking about our Lions really a number two team in the league right now. I like this topic talking about et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you go on there and you do it. All right, so, you know, you got a little track record now. In the production meeting this morning, you were 
high on uh, Nebraska to beat Wisconsin. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll see if those upset predictions carry over. This this episode won't be out till after that game. So if you're the uh, you know the, the fortune teller, we'll know. Um, the great Swami, <laughs> the, the football BTN Swami. Um, so getting back to some of the coworkers you got here, uh, Corey Wooten is on the show with you, the former Northwestern Chicago Bear. Uh, North, Northwestern Wildcat. Um, he's in the production meeting with you. You guys seem to have a great, you know, back and forth report. You guys, you know, right. toss it back and forth to each other and seem to get along. Did you know him or James Laurinaitis coming up before you got to BTN, or uh, have you just kind of got here and 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 had to form a relationship with Corey and then if James, if you guys are ever here together at the same time? Yeah, um, you know, I played against James not in uh, college. James is younger than I, but I played against him when he was with the Rams, mm-hmm. and you know, always respected him. You know, even though he went to Ohio State, he he's a, he was always a good player, always a good leader, and he was always very uh, he's a, he's a sportsman, if you will. So sure. it was always respect. Saw him at the Big Ten kickoff media day and luncheon, and had great conversations. He's small now. It looks like a DB. All those Ohio State guys. I swear, Laurinaitis. You see AJ Hawk lately? Uh, so, so, so it makes one wonder. No, I'm just joking. Corey, I never met or played against, man, but just got a chance to meet him at Media Day, and he's just a great guy. You know, we've kind of hit it off on the show, and we've hung out off the show, and I think that's what you see when you see us in the production being cracking jokes and being funny. Uh, I think the better we are, the more we got our chemistry and know each other. I yep. think the easier it is on air, and it comes off genuine. So uh, he's a great guy, and uh, yeah, I appreciate working with him. For sure. Um, going back to your Michigan days a little bit, uh, obviously fantastic football player, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the latest story to come out of you in Michigan was you were uh, enrolled there back in January. You were, you were a couple dozen or 20 credit hours shy of your degree. Return back after ten years away um, after after pro football to get that degree. What went into that decision, and um, what was your degree, and, and why did you want to complete it so badly that you would go back to school? Well, I always told my mom I would get my degree. Basically, uh, I didn't do three years. It wasn't as if I came out as a junior, but I never really took spring and summer. Mm-hmm. Like I always kind of just did football. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted to focus in on football, so I skipped springs, I skipped summers. And then when I was going to the draft process, you know how you have that last winter, that winter term in Michigan. Well, I decided to forego that winter term and train for the draft. Yeah, I would say it, it worked out for me. But um, wanted to, you know, tell my mom, hey, I got my degree. Wanted her to be there. Wanted her to have the, that moment. And it was at a time where I still was trying to figure out what was the next move. Was it going to be broadcasting? When was broadcasting going to happen? So I met with Ward uh, Manuel, athletic yep. director of Michigan, correct right now. And he's a longtime friend. He was at Michigan when I was there, associate AD back then. He just told me, he says, a degree is something you want to have. You have those for those connects. It's from Michigan, you know, the greatest school on earth. So I said, well, I have time. It's the perfect time to go. Like, I have time. I don't know what's next. So I enrolled in December. And then Q hit me up, and I said, well, this works out perfect because this doesn't start till August. I'll be finished by then. And there you go. Fast forward, I graduated in April. So, what was the degree in? Uh, general studies, but it was a focus in marketing strategies. Okay, I got you. And uh, was it all online or was it on campus? No, I was there at campus. So uh, I literally had class Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So, do you have any uh, celebrity status going back there? Like, the kids know who you were. Hard to blend in because you're about right, right, right. six three, two thirty or something like that. <laughs> right. Were um, uh, were kids you know kind of. Giving you the side eye a little bit? No, there were a lot of kids that knew me, especially when you uh, when you go into more public atmospheres mm-hmm. like the Ugly, which is the undergraduate library where they revamped it. It's like Starbucks and all type <laughs> of things in there now. Right. Or the Union where people hang out, do homework, eat lunch. 
people knew me in there and they took pictures and selfies. The funniest thing is people just come up to me and kids coming up to me. Oh my God, you're the reason why I went to Michigan, et cetera, et cetera. I remember the Michigan State game. I was seven years old. I'm like, wait, how old were you? <laughs> so it's funny to realize, like, I'm that far removed from my right. Michigan days that a lot of the kids that I ran into and took pictures with were seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you know, back in 2014. I mean, 2004. So uh, it was very interesting. Did you live on campus? I, I didn't live on campus because where I stay at is West Bloomfield, which is literally 35 minutes door to door. Okay. So it was, yeah, it's a cool drive. Gotcha. Um, obviously, phenomenal football player in Michigan and uh, football is how you major, you know, your mark there and major millions in the NFL, but you were also on the track and field team at, at Michigan. Uh, you ran some events, were a high jumper. So take me inside that thought process. Were you, were you doing that to stay in shape for football, or was that something you just done through high school and wanted to continue? Well, uh, track was my first love, and I basically started running track when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. So I did track from seven all the way through senior year in high school. My father was my track coach, really good track coach, maximum output. And I was all state high school and track, high jump, one to two hundred, you know, one to two hundred and sixty indoor. So I asked Lloyd when I got to Michigan, I said, Hey, I wanna be fast. I wanna stay fast. You know, a lot of times guys go to especially Big Ten programs, they put on weight, they put on muscle, they get stronger, they get bigger, and they tend to get a little bit slower. So I wanted to stay fast. Right. So he allowed me, he said, Hey, when you have a good season and I know that I can trust you on the football field, I'll let you run track. So after my sophomore year, I had 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns or so, and Lloyd said, you can run. So I ran every year after that, and, you know, I, I did well. I ran some good times. I jumped seven foot in a high jump uh, at Big Tens in 2003. So it was uh, it was fun. You say the 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns as a freshman, as if that's, like, light work or something like that. You know, uh, you know, just 1,000 yards, 10 yards, 10 touchdowns as a freshman. Sophomore. Normal. I, I, I won't take credit for that, no, sophomore year. Or sophomore year, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's uh, – that's rare nowadays, though, for you know football players to, to do another sport. Um, just from your observations being away from college football, uh, does it seem like fewer guys do that now? And, and were you one of the only athletes doing that then, or was it more common, do you think? I think there's just more placed on athletes and programs, especially football. Mm-hmm. You look at a program like Michigan, you look at Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's, you know, he's going to Rome, he's doing satellite camps, and there's sure. so much more focus, and guys are meeting a little bit more and doing more on campus. I think next year they're going to Paris. I believe they're going to Paris. They did the satellite camp in uh, Florida two years ago. So it's just a lot more time invested in football. There's a lot more moving parts, so there's less time to go over to track building and run indoor track, which basically would be from, you know, January through March. And then you go into spring ball. Now there's things that you're doing in that time period. Then after spring ball, well, now we're going over to Rome and, or, and we're doing these. So it's hard for athletes to be able to go back and forth. And program. Urban Meyer does a lot of the same things. Mine's a satellite. Uh, Saban. And the, guy, the guys that win, Dabo Swinney, they have their guys around the program a lot. Do you wish it was like that when you were there? Or were you glad to kind of have more time away to, to pursue other interests? I like that I had more time to pursue other inches. I think, uh, you know, when you continuously put the same thing in front of someone, they, you know, it wears you out. Mm-hmm. You know, you be, you know, you start to look at it as a, a hind- I mean, you can never say hindrance, but it's like, oh man, we gotta do this. You know, we gotta go to the building again. And you start seeing the same building, the same Burnout. rooms, the same weights, the same indoor field, the same coaches. 
It burns you out, like you just said. So I like that we were able to have time. Hey, I get to run indoor track. Hey, after spring, we get, you know, a couple days off or a couple weeks off, et cetera, et cetera. So I liked it back then, and I think it worked well to keep players hungry, to keep players wanting to be out there, wanting to play, and wanting to get better for the national championship. But on the flip side, though, I'm sure you wouldn't uh, turn down a trip to Rome or, or Paris uh, or anything like that. In a heartbeat. Yeah. In, in a heartbeat. Or a style like Camp Florida, you know, where you get It's not the, bad either. Yeah, those guys had a ball. I know a lot of guys on the team right there, and they're very um, – Receptive mm-hmm. to Harbaugh's methods. They like him a lot. Yeah, so you've obviously been around campus, uh, having gone back to class there, been around the football program. Uh, if you had to pick, do you wish you went to college in this day and age, especially in terms of the facilities that are now propping up all across college football? Correct. Michigan's obviously at the top of that. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, do you wish you had those uh, resources and facilities at your disposal? Like, if, if you had to pick between eras? You know what? I like my era. And the reason I like my era, and this is funny because it's not really a, a football or a sports-related answer. I just like the era where it wasn't the social media. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said it's not because I was hiding anything. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, no, it's more so because people were interacting with one another. Like, literally, I remember you just walking around campus, you know, during the day and seeing a bunch of people outside having conversations, associating people taking lunches, you know, in the picnic areas sure. in the grass and in the diag and spinning the cube. And I know these things sound like movies you saw in the nineties, right. but this, that's what, that what college life was like back then. And it was fun. When I went to college this past winter, like it just, nobody's outside. Everyone's on their phone. Everyone's on their phone. Mm-hmm. Everyone's communicating via social media. No one knows how to talk to anybody. Everybody's head is down as they're walking to class, as they're walking through the union and the diag and campus it just i don't know you know like i would trade the communication the people the people skills in that era for the facilities i think the facilities we had served us well enough obviously they're much better now but they served us well enough and i just like being able to communicate with people you know you really sound like a uh an old head right now just like i'm, I'm cool I'm, I'm i'm cool with that though because I'm, I'm a big texter mm-hmm. so you know don't don't mistake it for i'm not caught up i'm caught up i'm in the world i'm a huge texter and a lot of times it causes me to be distance in real conversations mm-hmm. you know it yeah you know, so but for real it shows like how like much things have changed that wasn't even that long ago it was what 15 14 years ago like that's yeah, not even a long 30, time in the grand scheme of things. 13 years ago so it wasn't long ago but technology is evolving the world has evolved rapidly yeah it makes you wonder you know like yeah. 2030 what's it what's oh, it gonna be man. like oh man flying cars <laughs> like the jeffersons man. i've been waiting for that since i was a kid since back to the future tell me about it um all right so we'll, we'll get into the current season a little bit um obviously Michigan's in good shape, undefeated. Right. Harbaugh's doing a great job. Uh, but I'm just curious to your thoughts. It's, as an offensive player, as an offensive standout, it's, it's definitely a defensive-oriented team. So what do, how do you think um, the season's going to turn out with the Wolverines having to rely on the defense so much? And um, do you think the offense will, will kind of stabilize a little bit as we get into the second half of the season? Yeah, I think that defense has played ridiculously lights out and uh, so far this season. And I know they haven't played the best competition, but you can see they're a good defense. Like, when someone's good, it doesn't matter who they play against. You can see what they do. I think Don Brown has done a great job. I think uh, Devin Bush will probably win Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, him or Josie Jewell from uh, Iowa. I like what they're doing. On the flip side, <clears throat> I like that they finally got a corn in there. It was due to injury, but he's in there. Mm. They've had two weeks now to get him 
implement into the system, create a system, Ryan, that he feels comfortable with. I think you're going to see Michigan start to roll. He's a guy that can move in and out of the pocket, throws a little more comfortably, and definitely can throw the ball on the run. I think once they get him in there consistently, Michigan State this week, uh, Indiana the week after that, and then Penn State. I think he can get rolling because we have a running game. Mm-hmm. And we have three different running backs, and they use three different ways. That works for us. Got the tight ends implemented now, which is key. Michigan has always been a tight end-based team. So you're seeing the reemergence of that with Gentry, with McCune, Tyron Willie Jr. So I'm excited for that. I think O'Corn can now push that envelope where the offense not won't match the defense. But they can do enough so when the defense holds those shutouts or they get guys three and out on a consistent basis, the offense can put up some points with O'Corn. I like them moving forward. And this is a Friday, October 6th, so the game against Michigan State is tomorrow. This episode's not coming out until next week, but we'll see how on point your prediction skills are. Give me a prediction for uh, Michigan, MSU, and then we'll uh, revisit it next week and see how right you were. I got Michigan 30-14, to 14, and I'm not picking a blowout because I'm a homer. Because I went to Michigan, I just don't think that Lewerke, it stands a chance against the Don Brown defense. He's mm-hmm. still young. He still struggles with uh, reading coverages before and after the snap. I think they confuse him with stunts and blitzes, and they can't run the ball. L.J. Scott has not just – he's just really had a good season, had some fumbling, uh, some issues. So I think with that being said, I think Michigan's defense gets after them. And I think O'Corn coming in there changes the pace up, changes the flow for the offense, and they start to look somewhat like a uh, Michigan team from last year. Yeah, you had your moments, obviously, in the uh, Michigan-Michigan State series when you (laughs) played. Saw you uh, throwing some shade on Twitter. You had a picture of uh, a catch against against the Spartans. And, you know, like that's one thing I like. I know you mentioned, like, when you were a player, you kind of had to keep it straight up with the media. But, like, now that you're part of the media, I like when – former players, you know, have fun with it. Like, you don't have to be a robot. Because I know some people, like, were replying on Twitter. They're like, you know, oh, like, have some class, like, whatever, Big Ten Network analyst. But I, I like that, that right. the media can kind of show their personality a little bit. Is yeah. that, and is that something that, um, when you were in that boot camp, for example, did, did they stress that, you know, you could have fun with it? Or, or was it, you know, play it even since you're in the media now? No, it was, you know, have fun with it. I think at the end of the day. You have to have your own identity. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have your own identity. Create your identity, whoever you are. Have fun with it. You know, I think if people have a problem with it, as long as you're not over the line, you're not crass, you're not disrespectful. You know, at the end of the day, Michigan State's dominating the rivalry in the last nine years. Yep. They're seven and two. So for me to post a picture of what happened in the past and kind of crack a joke, and even after the picture, I still said, you know, it's all jokes, it's all in good fun. I need you guys to calm down. I feel like I feel like America's so sensitive right now. Like we're at a sensitive boiling point for everything and anything. So, you know, it's not disrespectful. It's fun. It's a it's a rivalry as, you know, Mark D'Antonio so so loves to put it. So why not have fun with it? You know, they don't have a problem talking stuff to us when they win. And when they even with the block punt or the, the miss punt two years ago, you know, we had to hear about that for three hundred and sixty five <laughs> days. Like that's the type of thing it is, is that type of rivalry. So I'm in the media, but that that doesn't make me a robot. And that doesn't make me okay, I work for Big Ten Network, so I have to tread the line and we'll see what happens this week. No, I'm a Michigan guy and I always Correct. will be. So I'm gonna do my job to the best of my abilities. But I'm still gonna be a Michigan guy and have faith in crack jokes. On that, you I noticed the first day you were on the air here, you had Michigan pin. Michigan pin, <laughs> and then they came back from commercial, and that Michigan pin was no longer on your suit. Yeah. What happened with that? You know, when you work for the Big Ten Network, it's or the SEC Network, the Pac-12 Network, uh, Big Twelve, you can't be biased. You know, so you can't. 
And to be fair, it was school colors day, so it know, was. It was, was school colors yeah. day, so that's why I wore it. But you know, I'm, I'm an analyst now, so mm-hmm. I can't wear the Michigan pin, and then you know, come over and talk about. It. So I got it, mm-hmm. but I got those 12 minutes across. So that's all. <laughs> that was all I was out to do. There that's you all go. I was out to do. All right, man. Uh, we'll wrap up here in a little, but I want to get into your NFL days a little bit before we go. Um, mentioned earlier, you had a, a Pro Bowl season. You had a long career in the NFL. In that Pro Bowl year, you had 16 touchdowns uh, with the Browns. That was in 07. Probably would have been an NFL record that year if, if not for uh, Randy, Randy Moss. Moss losing his mind with the, with the Patriots. He had that 23. Was, that was crazy. So, so what was different for you about that year in terms of uh, the success you were able to have? I think uh, Rob Chesinski came in, uh, provided us with a, a better offense, offense that was more so predicated on what we did best, mm-hmm. me stretching the field, uh, stretching downfield, Keller Winslow working the inside routes and uh, inside of the field, and then Joe Jurevich is coming in in the red zone, being that big target for us, and then Jamal Lewis, I think he had 1,300 yards rushing that year. We were able to catch teams off balance. You know, they were waiting to see the old Browns from 06, 05, 04, 302. And we didn't provide that for them. Not to mention, we had a schedule that year that was, we played a lot of bad teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not trying to take it away from our 10 wins, but nobody we beat went to the playoffs. So when you start to assess things from that point of view, you know, who gets in the playoffs? 12 teams, I believe. So we would have been, yeah, it's 12 teams, 6 and 6. We were probably that 13, 14, 13, 14 team. Okay. I think we could have maybe surprised somebody, but we were just the really good next tier team. Yeah, we were really good. Um, and now that you're removed from it, you know, you've been been out of the league for several years. I want to get your thoughts on this notion that, you know, as crazy as it might sound to some people, that fans in Ohio, oh, specifically fans of the Browns, oh my God. would they? make you prove something extra as a Michigan guy being on the Browns like is that is there any any um validity to that notion because we got Jabril Peppers there now so he's probably going through a similar and then he had a bad game thing. what two games ago and right he crucified him for it. right so do you think that you're held to a higher standard as a Michigan guy playing on a team like the Browns I think you are you know Ohio is one of those weird type states where everyone in the state of Ohio cheers for one team and that's the Ohio State Buckeyes mm-hmm. yeah that's so when you come there as a Michigan guy, they, you know, if you're a good player, they're happy to have you. You know, they they take it with a grain of salt, but they're happy to have you. you know, it was it was cool when I first got there. I mean, still was a lot of Michigan jokes, but everybody was happy. But then when you don't have success, and they're a team that haven't has not had success since the team left to go to Baltimore, right. it's easy for them to oh here we go again oh boo this boo that and then they tend to go overboard on the Michigan guys so. You know, it happens, you know, and it was something I had to learn. But, you, you know, you get older, you, you, you get over it. And I've done – I actually did an interview this past week because the Jets play the Browns. So right. two of my former teams, team, and they play in Cleveland. So I interviewed with Cleveland Radio and said, no, it wasn't all bad. But they definitely – they're definitely coming for you mm-hmm. as a Michigan guy. you got to have success and you got to have it uh, often. Absolutely. Um, how about – I'm curious, who's the best – quarterback you ever played with because uh you know browns had several quarterbacks you played in a uh afc title game with uh mr sanchez isn't that right yeah uh who, who's the best quarterback you can even go back to college for this who's the best quarterback you ever played with that's tough i played with a lot of guys a lot of just okay guys um do you know what's funny is uh the last game of the season with the jets in 2010 we played the buffalo bills mm-hmm. they only played mark the first quarter 
and then they pull up Sanchez we're talking about. Yeah. They put Mark Brunel in. Right. For the last three quarters. And obviously he was old at the time, older. Very long career though. NFL. Very long career. Yeah. The stuff he did with Jacksonville Jaguars is still still really good stuff. Uh he was he just got it. Like you could see it was the first time I played with somebody that you could see what football is supposed to look like. From the play calling to the huddle to the line of scrimmage to where the ball's thrown to where it comes out. I remember I was running a a post route on a play and Mark changed it. Mark said he said, Brandon, just run to go. He said, run to go. So I'm gonna look off. Because I was on the left hand side, he's a lefty. Mm-hmm. So he said, Brandon, I'm gonna draw. He said, I'm gonna look right, split the guys, and put it right to you. Sure as my name is Braylon Edwards, he threw the ball right where he said he was gonna throw it. And it was end up being a 56 yard touchdown. Right. But it, and I watched them all game. I think Santonio had caught a touchdown in that game. I caught a touchdown. He threw another touchdown to a tight end, Jeff Cumberland. Uh, it, it just well, it was what football is supposed to look like from a quarterback standpoint. So I feel like with today's game, there's just fewer of those guys, fewer and fewer. I mean, it's more hybrid. There's Brady and, and Roethlisberger and, and guys Rogers. that are and Rogers, guys that are hanging around. But and even Rodgers is a, he's a, a, a prototypical NFL quarterback. He's he even he is different. He's a, one of these somewhat of a hybrids. But yeah, you're right. Uh, All right, um, kind of staying on that QB subject. You're actually uh, the second. Cleveland Browns first round pick I've had on this podcast so that's like and, and that's the only team I think I've had of the NFL on here um so the Browns are two ahead of everyone so the Browns are, are winning like something it. in the, in the like uh, like NFL it. category the other guy was Brady Quinn um obviously Brady. you've had a relationship with him yeah um you guys you were two guys that both get what it's like to be you know all everything in college right. uh be high draft picks picks and the uh, the pressure that goes into that and comes along with that um what's your relationship with Brady like and, and were those commonalities you guys shared? Did that kind of help, you know, strengthen that friendship between you guys? Uh, Brady was always a cool guy. Even when he first got drafted in 07, they brought him in to be the guy. Obviously, that's the year Derek Anderson went to the Pro Bowl. So for Brady Quinn, it was a backseat learning experience. He lived around the corner from me in Avon Lake. He was a good guy, he was a funny guy. He always supported my charities, events. We hung out outside of football. We hung out outside of Cleveland. And we were just... I don't know, we were just close. We hang out at each other's house. He's a really cool guy, really funny. And then, you know, like post-football, we still stay in touch. He works for Fox. I work for Big Ten, which right. is an affiliate of Fox. Right. And we talk on the phone. I'll ask him his information because he's doing a great job with in-game color right now. And so if I have some notes or I want to go somewhere and find something, I'll hit Brady up. Hey, Brady, what do you think about Michigan's line this year? Even though I'm covering the Big Ten as well. Brady colors the game. Brady knows the X's in the inside and out at certain positions. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, man, what do you think about Michigan's line? And he was able to give me some information that I can take to the show and I can take to the radio. So he and I still talk probably once a week, and if not on the phone, definitely through Twitter or text. Absolutely. Um, who puts up more in the weight room? Because uh, Brady Quinn's one of those guys. He was always kind of a little Jacked. more cut than your average quarterback, and uh, he was not any smaller when I saw him a couple months ago. All right. I've, I've always been strong in the weight room. Even when I played, I could I could put up 225, you know, 25, 26 times easy. And now I've started to lift heavier since mm-hmm. I retired. So right now, yeah, Brady cannot lift me right now. Yeah. But it'll, right. be, it'll be a fun challenge. All right. Maybe someday I'll, uh, we'll get you guys going head-to-head, maybe at the next uh, media days and when Fox and BTN guys get together. Um, last question for you, Braylon. Uh, we got to keep it PG-13, pg ish here okay. for the uh pretty much something you wouldn't anything you wouldn't be able to say on tv don't share it here but do you have any uh podcast friendly 
funny or interesting stories from your days either at Michigan or in the NFL? Uh, it might be hard just to pick one, but um, and any any stories that, that stick out to you to this day? Yeah, I got a good one. It, here, and it's funny, too, because it actually relates to the Michigan-Michigan State uh, game and rivalry. So when I was a freshman, we played Michigan State at Michigan State that year. That was a famous they caught this. They stopped the clock with one second and then throw a touchdown to T.J. Duckett to beat us my freshman year. Um, I had heard rumors about a tradition that the Michigan linemen had, but didn't pay too much attention. So before the game started, we're all in the locker room, and I hear this noise. I hear like this loud, you know, strong echoing noise coming out of the bathroom, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> And so then I you know, stop paying attention. I go back to lacing up my shoes and getting ready, going over my play. Then I hear it again. I'm like, man, what the hell? Like, what is this? So then Lloyd starts talking. And as Lloyd starts talking, I hear it now, and it's louder, louder, stronger, stronger. It's coming from the bathroom. It's echoing out. And then I hear the linemen get in on the act. They're like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then... I hear somebody throw up. And then I realized that this is the lineman, the Michigan lineman tradition before every game is one of the linemen has to to throw up. <laughs> but I didn't notice it until we played Michigan State. I think it was early in the year game. It was maybe like it was either late September or early October. Ever since then I paid attention. I waited for it. But then it became it wasn't as gross right as time went on and by you know by my sophomore junior like i was waiting for it too like it was like that got us going (laughs) so so that's a very random fact i know and i'm sure not a lot of people have shared that because it's in-house secret but i'm not gonna lie that's that's a weird story but it doesn't surprise me because linemen are weird it's 100 (laughs) weird dudes and it's like a it's its own little team within a team so that uh, was that was pg-13 ish i think that was sure i'm sure if we had a Podcast after dark edition, you could share some. Uh, oh yeah, I got more. Some some other stories, but oh, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that for today. Braylon, thanks so much, man, for taking the time. It was a lot of fun, and uh, continue to follow your uh, contributions here at BTN, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Ah, right, no problem, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yep. Thanks, boss. Thanks again to Brandon for joining me and for being uh, candid in his responses. It was a lot of fun to, to listen to and um, you know get, get some unfiltered thoughts on both his playing days at Michigan and uh, in the NFL. It's a good time. And, of course, thanks to everyone out there for listening. Again, please subscribe so you can catch all of our coverage of the rest of 2017 football season as well as our basketball coverage as the uh, festivities for the season start to crank up next week. And... Continue to stay tuned for any other interesting guests we sprinkle in along the way. Thanks to Wes White, as always, for producing. And we will talk to you next time on the Take 10 Podcast.